Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You Is Killing Me podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author and founder of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. This podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, take back your power, and live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. Since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing you can do is take back your power and focus on you. I believe happiness, joy, and well-being is available to anyone. So the thoughts and perspectives I share here on the show are my own and those of the guests on the show. If you ever hear anything that feels harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and I'm open to being better and value any feedback and the permission to be human. That said, always take what you love, what feels good and leave the rest. The conversations and tools I'll share here will give you everything you need to figure out exactly how to navigate addiction, put yourself first, and how to build resilience for your well-being in a way that feels really, really good. I use these tools to take back the power in my life to build my strength back up and restore peace, and I hope that you can do the same. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. And I know I always say that because sometimes we might not be doing so good. I know I wasn't always doing great. It's not always sunshine and butterflies. Although I have to say so many times I'm like, I had to like shake off all the trauma and chaos that I was dealing with in order to just keep it together for my daily life and my career and everything when I was in the muck. So you might be doing the same thing. So I always say, I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, but I'm sending love and hugs through the line. And hopefully you are receiving this compassion from me to you, from my heart to yours. And that's why I created this community, this podcast, and I'm just so grateful that you're here. So let's jump into today's episode. So by embracing self-care and nurturing our well-being, can we actually unlock the hidden power of resilience? Can we actually, can self-care actually help us in these tough, challenging times of loving someone with an addiction or losing someone to addiction? Can this self-care actually contribute to resilience, can make us tougher, can make us even emerge stronger than ever before? And this is the question. And I have to say the answer is a resounding yes. 
according to science, we can actually flourish through adversity. And one of the things that can really, really help us to flourish is self-care because self-care actually fuels our resilience. Now, you know, I'm in the world of positive psychology and basically this is the scientific study. It's how we can apply the learning from positive psychology and from the science of human flourishing. That's what positive psychology is. It is all about how can we promote human well-being? How can we promote flourishing? And that is what I love to say I bring to this community, Saving You is Killing Me, because that is the, the key piece, because it is so hard to love someone with an addiction or to have lost someone to addiction that holy cow, we need to draw on all these resources, all these tools. And that is what I'm here for. I hope that I can portray or bring to you even little nuggets, even little daily things that you can do that can help you, especially when you're going through this. So Positive psychology always seeks to understand all the factors that contribute to making us feel better, that can contribute to our well-being, that can help us in our lives. And it emphasizes this idea of positive emotions and our own strengths, as well as just basically feeling good and happy. And positive psychology explores all these aspects of life that make it worth living, that make us feel good and that aim to improve our overall well-being and our subjective happiness. And so I really wanted to talk about this element because self-care kind of seems like a buzzword. It's like, oh yeah, self-care, you know, it's like bubble baths and bath bombs and like, you know, that kind of thing. But I want to really paint the picture of the importance of self-care and look at self-care from the perspective of caring for yourself. So it is so important on so many levels. So self-care is great. Yes, we feel good when we do it. But I don't know if you know the huge correlation between self-care and resilience. And let's be real, when you are in the muck of loving someone with an addiction or dealing with the chronic stress of loving someone with an addiction, the ups and downs, the roller coasters, all of that, it becomes essential to build our bounce back factor. It becomes essential to enhance our ability to bounce back. And so self-care fuels resilience. So we can flourish through adversity because we don't have control over their addiction at all. We can't control it. We can't change it. And so the reality is, is we need to do what we need to do in order to build ourselves up, in order to tap into anything that's going to make us more resilient because we can feel so broken, so knocked down so disappointed, devastated, lost, helpless, feeling helpless. There's so many emotions that come. And this is, I invite you to listen to the episode on the realities or the, it's almost like an honest depiction of what it's like to be with an addict. That was the last episode. And it, I like, it's so funny because I was taking notes and I'm like, oh my gosh, there are so many points here. It is so challenging. And, and, and I invite you to listen to that episode, an honest depiction of what it's like to love someone with an addiction or lose someone to addiction. It's, it's incredible. It is so wholeheartedly hard. And so that is why it is 
essential, so important for you to tap back into your power, to find the courage to focus on you, move yourself up on the priority list, because let's face it, it is so hard. So that is why one of the elements or one key piece in building our resilience is this element of self-care. Now there's loads of things we can do to build our resilience. And through the podcast and through loads of these episodes, I'm sure you're slowly seeing the pattern of ways to to bounce back, on ways to take back our power, on ways to build our own resilience. And so that is really what we're talking about here is this idea that self-care is that one fundamental, there's many things that can build resilience, but self-care is a practice that involves deliberately taking action to maintain your own well-being. It is about deliberately taking action to improve yourself physically, to improve yourself mentally, and to help you emotionally. And it looks after your entire well-being. It is the is one element that is going to safeguard your mental health. So self-care is all about this idea of being really proactive in your life and ensuring that you are at your best, ensuring that you're building yourself up, that you're you're tapping into your ability to cope. When we are looking after ourselves, taking self-care uh, initiative and really prioritizing it, what we're doing is we're essentially enhancing our ability to cope with challenge, enhancing our ability to cope when things are really, really hard. And so it's an ongoing process. It doesn't just happen overnight. And sometimes we get knocked down, we get up a little bit, we get knocked down, we get up again. And, and this idea is, is that we want to tap into this reliability that self-care can bring. So just like you maintain your car, right? You maintain your car so it runs smoother and so that it's more reliable, right? You maintain your car so it's not going to break down on the side of the road. Self-care does the same thing for us. It ensures that we can navigate navigate those ups and those downs in life. And let's face it, when you love someone with an addiction, there are going to be ups and downs. It is so unnerving. And so it makes us more adaptable when we are resilient. And so it's not about putting up with it and condoning behavior. That's not what this is. This is about recognizing, yes, addiction is a huge challenge to deal with. Yes, this is really hard. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is so challenging. So what can I do? One thing that I can do is focus on self-care as a, a means to make myself more resilient, to make myself stronger. And now I, you know, I hate to use the analogy about putting your own oxygen mask on first before helping others on the airplane. You know how they say that because it's so common, but it's so true. When you take care of yourself, you're better equipped to support and assist all those around you. But I want to keep the focus on you. When you focus on yourself, you're building your resilience. You're building your capacity to cope with the challenges and the stress that come when you love someone with an addiction. So that is key, right? So I always say, think of your self-care as a foundation 
to like a strong house or a tree with really strong roots or really good foundation, right? So when you are hit with challenges or struggles or a storm, like think about a tree that has strong roots. And I always say this when I'm teaching yoga is when we have strong roots and we feel grounded, when the wind blows, we're less likely to tip over or like a house you know, when, when the big bad wolf huffs and puffs and blows the house down. If we have a strong foundation, then it, we are less likely to collapse. And so that's the, the analogy. That's the message here is that we're less vulnerable when we are taking good care of ourselves. And this is so important because it's going to build up our resilience. So I really hope that I'm making a case for self-care and for caring for yourself as a means to build your resilience. Now, there's so many examples of self-care, like self-care practices could be, you know, regular exercise or getting enough sleep or maintaining a healthy whole diet or taking breaks while you're working. Uh, it could be stretching. It could be doing yoga or going for a walk. It could be, and then there's emotional self-care, right? Practicing mindfulness and meditation perhaps, or journaling out and processing emotions or seeking support with a close, good friend or a coach and just engaging in hobbies that really do bring you joy. That's so good for those positive emotions that make you feel good. So that's emotional self-care. And then also social self-care is all about spending time with someone you love, with loved ones and nurturing more meaningful relationships, reaching out to that friend. And I always say that if you haven't talked to someone in a while, just take the initiative because chances are they're feeling lonely as well. And, and I always joke that you're my new best friend <laughs> and we can, as adults, we can make new friends. And it's amazing too, in the support group, the SYKM group, if you haven't joined it, we have a private Facebook group called saving you is killing me loving someone with an addiction and that group i swear we have like i have so many friends for, in there and 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 you just everyone there is so positive and so supportive and we've all we're all going through some degree of this we all love someone with an addiction we come together because of that commonality but this is social self-care. This is about spending time and nurturing relationships with either community groups or clubs or organizations or just people that have had a similar experience or have similar interests. That is so key. That will help support you. And that self-care, social self-care is going to help you on so many levels. It helps to align you with people that you might be needing right now. The other thing is um, in positive psychology, we talked about intellectual self-care as well. And this is amazing. We don't think, we think self-care is just bath balls and like bubble baths, but it's so more than that, right? It's yeah, physical self-care, obviously all those physical aspects, yoga, sleep, healthy diet, that kind of thing. And then emotional self-care, more like meditations, checking in, processing emotions, journaling, talking with a coach, thinking about things that bring you joy and increase your positive emotions. 
And then also social self-care, like I just said, the groups and nurturing meaningful relationships, making new friends, connecting with community groups. But then there's also intellectual self-care. And this is things that really stimulate this idea of growth or new learning or opportunities that make you feel like, hey, I learned something new today, or I never knew that before. And then it feels really good. Uh, listening to podcasts that bring about new concepts and ideas for you is intellectual self-care and and just thinking about some of those new activities and these new skills that you could learn and or it could be reading books it could be attending workshops or you know just all kinds of things and it's amazing how intellectual self-care is also so essential so this idea is a focus on those things that enhance your human flourishing that enhance your well-being because all those things, this self-care is so intertwined. When we care for ourselves and we look after ourselves and we engage in self-care practices, it is so powerful to enhance our resilience, to enhance our overall coping abilities. Right. So this is this is key. And there's some things in positive psychology that can help you, like, you know, gratitude practices or identifying your strengths, like engaging in things that, you know keeping a gratitude journal is so powerful to reflecting on positive experiences, even though yes, there's so much turmoil and there's so much stress that comes with loving someone with an addiction. There is also so many things that could be positive in your life that feel really good and, and that can help foster a, an outlook that feels good for you. It can boost you emotionally and can enhance your well-being. The other thing is we kind of sometimes forget about how strong we are. What are your strengths? And take time to identify your strengths. We want to leverage your strengths. We want to tap into those things because when you're using your strengths, it's amazing how it can really help you to be more resilient. And so really nurture your strengths and think about all those things that are powerful in you. Like how strong have you been? And that kind of things. These are really, really good. So this idea is to tap into those things, right? Self-care is a proactive. It is an intentional practice. We have to, we have to do it, uh, initiate it. We've got to be proactive and, and prioritize it. And this practice allows us to build our resilience. It allows us to build our effectiveness in coping with challenge. And we feel strong, we feel good, we're better able to cope, we're more resilient. And uh, we want to incorporate these principles that can help us, all these self-care activities that can enhance our overall well-being. So let's face it, when you are in the face of adversity or trauma or stress that comes from loving someone with an addiction, self-care is absolutely not selfish. It's essential. It's an essential investment in yourself when when you're in this muck, when you are, you know, it's going to ultimately benefit you in a most profound, profound way. So there is science behind all this. And you know me, I love the science. And so uh, resilience is that ability to cope. 
and to adapt and to bounce back from adversity, bounce back from trauma, bounce back from significant stress. It is not about avoiding difficulty, right? Resilience is not about avoiding those situations and kind of sweeping those emotions under the carpet or pretend putting your blinders on. I wish we could put blinders on and forget about it, but it's not about just putting those blinders on and avoiding difficulties. It's about facing them. It's about navigating through them. And it's about recovering from them, right? In a really healthy, constructive manner. Resilience involves a combination of things, a combination of psychological, emotional, and social factors. And it allows us to maintain our own well being. It allows us to function effectively during challenging times. So, the science behind how self-care builds resilience is rooted in so many principles. And I'm just going to share a few of them because I really want you to see the connection when it comes to the science behind it. And basically it's like there, there is a huge case for building the, for prioritizing self-care and caring for yourself and how it can build our resilience and how it can help us. Now, the main thing here, one of some of the main key things are basically stress regulation. When we engage in self-care activities, so when we exercise, when we meditate, when we relax, I just had a massage the other day and I was like, oh, it felt so good. My body just felt so relaxed and it really helps to move tension out of my body. And it was a huge de-stressor. I felt so good. So basically engaging in self-care activities, any of these self-care activities, they're so good for stress regulation. And as we know, our body is under chronic stress when we love someone with an addiction, right? So by engaging in activities, such self-care activities, we can help that chronic stress. Chronic stress, as we know, can lead to very negative outcomes. They can lead to health implications. They can, it can affect our, our decision-making even. So self-care can help mitigate that. It can mitigate the effects of stress and enhance our ability to cope better with adversity. So self-care is so great for stress regulation. So another thing science has shown that when we practice self-care practices, such as journaling, mindfulness, seeking support from others, reaching out to other people, um, and it all can enhance our emotional awareness. It can help us also with emotional regulation. So emotional regulation is basically understanding and processing our emotions effectively. So when we engage in self-care practices like journaling, or yoga or mindfulness or just processing those emotions with awareness. Oh my gosh, vital components for resilience. It allows us to stay grounded, allows us to manage difficult emotions during these challenging situations. So another thing that it does for us is it creates what we call in psychology, this cognitive flexibility. It allows us to really, self-care practices allow us to engage in maybe intellectually stimulating activities or focusing on, it helps us cognitively because we're trying new things or maybe taking on a new hobby. Maybe we're learning a new skill. And so this flexibility is actually really important in science has shown that it's important for us to feel 
flexible in our thinking, to really engage in problem-solving strategies and look at options and possibilities. So especially when we're faced with challenges, right? So it makes it easier to find creative solutions, to stay open-minded, to find a solution for yourself or looking at possibilities. So that cognitive flexibility is huge when it comes to self-care and resilience. The other thing is, is that Self-care often involves getting out and and being social. So self-care could be like, oh, let's go mountain biking with our our friends. Uh, Let's self-care could be, I want to get out and meet up with some friends, or I want to join a group, or um, there's so many other ways that we, when we seek out self-care practices, it can nurture social connections and other people matter. So social support is really known to help us broaden and build. And this theory is that it helps us to tap into our positive emotions and it helps us to, you know, move up, broaden and build, move up the spiral instead of down. It connects us to feelings of gratitude and, and kindness. And it just makes us feel better altogether and allows us to have this nice repertoire of positive emotions, which all foster resilience, right? It really builds our personal resources when we have social support, when we're experiencing positive emotions and self-care contributes to all of this. Really, really cool. Isn't it cool to know the science behind it? <laughs> I know for me, I love it. Like if, if I hear a claim, yeah, okay, self-care is good. It's like, okay, but why? And how does self-care build resilience? And what does that mean to me? It's just knowing all this helps to really prioritize it and, and allows us to look into it a little further. So the other thing that engage, basically engaging in self-care practices it brings opportunities for personal growth. It brings opportunities to boost our self-efficacy, which is the belief in our abilities. When we're trying new things, when we're exploring our environment, when we're taking action to wake up early, perhaps, and going for a walk, it really builds our belief in ourselves, and it boosts our self-esteem, our self-worth, and higher levels of self-efficacy and self-esteem. They're linked to resilience. They're linked to helping us, especially when we're in the face of adversity. Uh, It helps us to build our confidence and a sense of hope and optimism. Isn't that incredible? So self-efficacy, so, so important. A belief in ourselves when we're trying and engaging new things, when we're taking good care of ourselves, we build our confidence. We build our belief in ourselves. So, so, so essential and important. So another thing that really is cool, and I love this idea of it's in psychology, it's called neuroplasticity. And basically what this is, is that our brains are plastic. Like they, they, they're not set in stone. They're not hardwired. We can create, we can influence this plasticity. We can reorganize our brains. We can create new neurological pathways. We can really enhance our brain when we engage in self-care practices, it really does help influence this neuroplasticity, this new growth. So we're not just going down the same pathway. And so what happens is, is this positive change in our brain results from self-care. It enhances our ability to see options. It just improves 
our well-being on all levels and our ability to cope with stress and creating new neuropathways that feel really good. When you're in, in stress and you keep going down this pathway that doesn't feel good and you're going down that pathway again, not again, and then you're chronically activating that, that pathway and it just feels you know, sometimes exhausting. The great thing about self-care is it creates new neurological pathways. It creates opportunities for, you know, new rewiring of our brain, for reorganizing our abilities, for trying new things and creates new neurological connections and, and, and creates more positive change in our brain, which is so important, right? So there's the science. So resilience is that capacity to adapt to and recover from adversity. And so self-care plays this huge role in building our resilience by regulating stress, enhancing emotional regulation, promoting cognitive function, um, fostering social support, nurturing positive emotions, boosting self-efficacy. And I could go on and on and on. There's so many benefits. So by consistently, consistently, and it could be baby steps at first. Invest in your self-care. Invest in caring for yourself. It could just be putting beautiful cream on that you maybe have forgotten to do or exfoliating the skin on your face and then taking time to put it on. Maybe it's going for a 10-minute walk fresh in the morning. Um, maybe it's indulging in going shopping for yourself and treating yourself to something. Maybe it's going to the nail salon. Maybe it's signing up for that yoga class that you've always wanted to try, right? It's all about cultivating this inner strength and this resource, right? It's building your resources and it's allowing you to build that foundation, to get those roots in the ground so that in the face of life challenges and when they do emerge strong, then you are going to be that much stronger. You are going to be building your resilience, so the key takeaways here, I hope that you got a lot out of today's episode, all about flourishing through adversity and basically how self-care can actually fuel resilience. The main message here is that self-care is a practice. It is something that you can improve. It is something that you can strive for. It's something that you can build into your day every day, make it a habit of self-care because it's going to improve you physically, emotionally, mentally. It's going to enhance your well-being and it enables us to cope better with life challenges. Another key takeaway is that resilience is that ability to adapt and to bounce back and to thrive in the face of adversity. And self-care plays a crucial role in enhancing that trait, right? And science confirms all this. So science shows that self-care builds resilience, right? It helps regulate stress. It helps promote emotional awareness. It helps with regulation. It helps with cognitive flexibility and positive emotions and social support, all kinds of things. And by incorporating these, we really can, if we're consistent with this self-care and recognize it's not selfish, it's actually essential. It's an essential e investment, in essential investment, say that fast five times, <laughs> in your physical, mental, emotional health. It's so important. So I'm curious, let's take a moment and just reflect on your current self-care practices. What are you doing right now? Are there any areas that could be improved or are there any new activities that you could start incorporating that might enhance your resilience and your well-being? 
right? So consider which self-care activities align with your strengths and interests. What it, what hobbies would you love to adapt? You know, and what can you commit to, right? What, what can you do on a regular basis that would really enhance your focus on self-care that's going to boost your resilience? So that's my suggestion is just implementing simple self-care routines that include activities that help you physically, emotionally, and socially that all enhance your well-being. You can start small. It doesn't have to be a grandiose thing, right? Um, and you can just think about these self-care practices as a priority and, and be, they can become part of your routine. And remember that it's not a one-time fix thing. It is an ongoing, consistent effort of committing to it, right? Investing in your self-care regularly. That way you can cultivate your resilience. That way you can enhance your ability to cope with the challenges of loving someone with an addiction. And that's pretty much it. I know there's a lot of information here and I know maybe I went off on some science tangent there, um, but I only do that for the purpose of recognizing the why. Why is it that we need to care for ourselves and move ourselves up the priority list um, and putting ourselves first? And so my wish for you, I always kind of finish with a wish for you, is that you're going to prioritize your well-being and embrace your self-care as a journey and look at it from a place of, Hmm, I am deserving of love. I am so deserving of compassion. I am so deserving of kindness. And I need to do this from myself. I am going to focus on that. So nurturing your physical, nurturing your emotional and your mental health, right? And seeing that as a foundation for your resilience, for your ability to deal with what we're dealing with or what we've dealt with. So that's it, my friends. I hope you got a letter out of that. Please be gentle with yourself. Recognize your setbacks and difficulties as a natural part of your life, but your capacity to bounce back and grow stronger is within you. And embracing what we talk about on all these episodes can really help you for growth and learning and help you through this challenging, adverse time in our life. And so I'm surrounding you with so much support and positive influence and vibes. And I hope that it's infusing through the line. And, and I just want to celebrate you and your progress and every small little victory along the way and all those steps that you're taking towards self-care and resilience. And so that's it, my friends. I hope you have a wonderful day. Remember to join the Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction support group that's on Facebook. Uh, if you're facing the challenging of challenges of loving someone with an addiction and you need a safe place, an understanding place of people who have shared experiences, you can find so much support. You can lean on others in our group that have been through a very similar path. You can really, really find so much in within our group. So I invite you to join there. So exciting news, stay connected because I have so many fun things coming our way. There is a new SYKM app coming. It's coming at the end of August. So starting in September and it's going to launch and basically it's going to be an immersive platform just to deepen our community, to make it a little more private and, and just feel safe um, through the app. So it's going to have exclusive content. It's going to have all our fellow members in there. It's going to be so good because it is going to be resources at your fingertips. I mean, let's face it, we're all on the phone. And a lot of the feedback I got was that 
we sometimes we need to get out of the house and get away. And so a lot of um, the a lot of the feedback was doing things more on the handheld phone. And so if I can support you in another way, then that's what I'm doing. And that's why I created the SYKM app and it will be coming. I will definitely, you'll be the first to know here and in the support group. Um, so please, please, please uh, don't forget to, well, I will give you the information on that. So subscribe obviously to this, uh, wherever you're listening to this and also the SYKM and the Live Life Happy YouTube channels are live. So I don't have any videos on Saving You is Killing Me, Loving an Addict. That's what the YouTube channel is called. I don't have any content there quite yet, but you can still subscribe to it. So then as soon as content starts coming out to support you, you'll be there right away. So stay connected also on social media, which is at Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction, also on Facebook. And I just want to send so much love and hugs. You don't need to do this alone. Join our community. Stay tuned for the launch of the app and all the exciting stuff coming our way. And there might be a couple more books coming too. Yay! We've been busy here. <laughs> all right. Have an amazing week, everyone. And we'll, we'll see, here, talk, be together next week. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And, of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.